All right, everyone, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get us started. I, I hate to break up great conversations. Um, thanks to each of you for, um, for participating tonight. I love hearing the conversation around your tables and conversation continuing around your tables. Um, no? It is on? Okay. Yeah. Um, hey, thanks for, um, thanks for coming back to New City Academy. I'm grateful to have each of you here tonight, and um, we're going to do two different teaching sections, and so if you have a, uh, your notebook or, or, or pen and Bible, just invite you to, um, to maybe take those out, and if you want to jot down some notes, and we'll, we'll, we'll be back in our tables for a couple of different um, activities together um, tonight to kind of cement some of what we're covering. But as we start week one, um, you know, our, our theme, if you want to write this write this out, um, is, is one redemptive story. And um, so do you, guys, do you guys trust me? Are we building, are we building trust? I always tell uh, couples that when we're doing premarital counseling um, that, you know, trust is the key to any great relationship. And uh, trust is built in two ways, right? This isn't a revelation. Um, but uh, trust is built by doing the right thing. And this is the one that particularly us guys uh, fall down on, uh, doing the right thing over time. And so um, that's how you build trust. And I'm going to ask you to trust me just for a minute um, and close your eyes as we start uh, one redemptive story tonight in our journey through uh, the Hebrew Testament. And I'm not sure what you're carrying into the room tonight. I'm going to guess that, let's see, it's Wednesday night. So we've got three solid work days under our belts, uh, four for some of us. Um, and you're probably, your shoulders are probably feeling a little heavy. Maybe your spirit's feeling a little heavy tonight and you're carrying uh, something in the room tonight. I'm sure that's true for all of us. I just wanna give you um, just the gift of a moment um, to close your eyes and take a deep breath. And to hear these words tonight. All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms because we're united with Jesus. Even before he made the world, God loved us. And he chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. Wow. God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. So we praise God for the glorious grace he has poured out on us who belong to his dear son, Jesus. He is so rich in kindness and grace that he purchased our freedom with the blood of his own son, and he forgave our sins. He has showered his kindness on us all along the way with wisdom and understanding. These are the words from the Apostle Paul. You can open your eyes now. From Ephesians chapter one, uh, verses three through eight. You may recognize those words. And um, maybe more than anything else that I could share tonight, I think Paul encapsulates this idea of one redemptive story from the beginning of Genesis, in the beginning, 
all the way to the final pages of the Bible in Revelation is God working out his plan that he decided in advance to adopt you and me and every person in this room into his family. And not only did he do it, but it gave him great joy and pleasure to do so. And that's the story of the Bible. That's the redemptive story of God. And what's crazy as you read this week in your study is that the scriptures, you know, are encapsulated or, or um, captured over the course of about 1,500 years, right? So the Old Testament, we'll, we'll learn tonight, we'll get it cemented in our minds, is, covers about 2,000 years. But it wasn't until about 1,500 B.C. that the first scriptures were, the Torah were captured. And then all the way up um, through the first century, so 1,500-year period, we learned that there were over 40 different earthly authors that helped to pen and autograph the scriptures. 66 books, 39 in the Old Testament, 27 in the New. Three different languages that they were captured in. And yet there's one story. In incredible miracle of the Holy Spirit empowering people to tell the story of God, the story that you just heard of God wanting to bring us back into his family and redeem us through Christ. I just, um, I've got a clicker, so I'm dangerous tonight. Um, I wanted to just, um, you may have read this article. Uh, it actually was published last week in the Wall Street Journal, uh, right before we opened Academy last week. And I thought that <clears throat> it was such an, um, an interesting moment to read this and then to think about the work that we're doing in here together and as you think about the time you're putting into your Bible study and, and doing your homework, and I know all of you have places that you could be tonight and, and different things that you could be doing, but you chose to be here. Um, and I just want to encourage you to think about the challenge and part of the reason why we're in here is that culturally, um, you know, more and more people are saying, you know, no, no to the church for sure and, and no to Christ. And um, so you can read the headline for yourself. Um, but the, the understanding is, and this wasn't, you know, uh, Barna or a Christian research firm, this is Pew that did this, um, saying that most people in a generation would not identify um, with a Christian worldview or identify with Christianity. And so as we think about equipping disciple makers, um, I want to just encourage you again that the purpose of Academy, of course, is your own personal discipleship and your growth. But as we talked about last week, that all of our discipleship results in being disciple makers, you know, going and making disciples of other people. And as we disciple other people, whether that's in the context of your family, your workplace, a small group, whatever, you know, that looks like for you, a mentoring relationship, that the Lord is going to encourage you and grow you in your own faith. So I just, I wanted to, to just draw your attention to that as we think about like, man, why, like, why Academy and why, why are we in here and why are we spending the time doing this? Well, it is for your own personal growth, but to think culturally about the context that we're living in right now. And even some of the things that we're gonna talk about tonight with, with people that you're working with, that you're living on the same street, um, that you're journeying with in friendship, that are at your, uh, maybe your own dinner table, um, that need to understand this one redemptive story and the words you just heard from Ephesians 1 um, resonating in their heart. Okay. Um, I'm going to get back to that for a second. I'll tell you, I'm, I'm going to be vulnerable and share with you that my favorite director is M. Night Shyamalan. I don't know if you, you are familiar with his work, but I've, we put some of his movies up here. I'm not saying that I'm endorsing all these movies. <laughs> I don't send any letters. I'm just saying that these are some of the ones that he has written and directed. 
Um, any of you remember, this is a young Bruce Willis. Um, any of you remember the first time you saw Sixth Sense? And at the end, you're like, what? What? And you can't wait to go, you're like, hey, you got to come see this movie with me. And then you go back and watch it in and you go, oh my goodness, it's right there in front of me. And the whole time I'm watching it and there was a whole other narrative happening here underneath all of it that I didn't, that I didn't notice. And uh, this is a throwaway example, but the, the, the idea is as we think about studying the scriptures, you may have read different parts of the Old Testament. You may have learned different stories, but maybe you've never connected it to the larger story of Jesus. And maybe you've never, you know, I've, I've um, you know, journeyed with some people that go, like, the Old Testament, you know, that's something, but really we just need to study the New Testament because, you know, that's where Jesus shows up and that's what's really important. And maybe, maybe you grew up, you know, thinking that as well, or maybe you do right now, just like, what's, what's so important about it? And why are we spending a whole year in academy studying, you know, the Old Testament? Um, I want to I just invite you, um, you know, back to Easter Sunday. And when we think about Easter Sunday, um, we typically think about what time of day on Easter? This isn't a trick question. Morning, morning, Easter morning, Easter morning. But um, something really significant happened on Easter afternoon. Um, and I want to invite you into that story with a, with a couple that's on their way back from Passover, having been in Jerusalem and experienced all that happened that first Easter. And they're on their way back home and they lived in a little village seven miles uh, west of Jerusalem called Emmaus. And uh, I get emotional just thinking about it. You know, they're, they're on this little dusty road journeying and their faces are sad. And I wanna just invite you for a moment onto that dusty road and think about walking and having a conversation um, about Jesus and the one who you had dreamed and hoped would be the fulfillment of the Messiah and all the prophecies and all the things you'd studied and learned about and, and being so crestfallen to think that, oh, that, that it really wasn't true. I got my hopes up in it and it wasn't true. Are you, are you there on the road with me? We're, we're, we're walking west back to, back to our home, but really we're walking back. Don't miss this. They're walking back home, but they're also walking back to their uh, expectation and they're walking back to a lot of disappointment and thinking that, wow, this one that we thought was the Messiah isn't. And I just want us together to, to get into the scripture in Luke 24. This was in your reading this week, so maybe you already read it. And here's what I'd love to do instead of, you guys hear me enough, instead of me reading it. Um, I wonder if I could get a couple of readers and maybe we could get a reader from this side of the room. Um, and we're gonna, um, we're gonna read from, from the New Living Translation, not because that's the best translation, but we're just gonna agree to, to study from that tonight. So if we could get um, someone to read and just until you kind of get fatigued from Luke 24, and we're gonna start in verse, uh, let's start in verse 13. And then if I can get a reader from the middle of the room to pick up, wherever our reader over here pick, leaves off, and then if we have some left over, We'd, I'd love for somebody on this side of the room to pick up and, and read. So we've got a microphone, so just, um, just kind of speak into that so we can all hear. And okay, awesome. Okay, Luke chapter 24, and we're going to start in verse 13 on our walk to Emmaus. That same day, two of Jesus' followers were walking to the village of Emmaus, seven miles from Jerusalem. 
As they walked along, they were talking about everything that had happened. As they talked and discussed these things, Jesus himself suddenly came and began walking with them. But God kept them from recognizing him. He asked them, what are you discussing so intently as you walk along? They stopped short, sadness written across their faces. Then one of them, Cleopas, replied, you must be the only person in Jerusalem who hasn't heard about all the things that have happened there the last few days. What things, Jesus asked. The things that happened to Jesus, the man from Nazareth, they said. He was a prophet who did powerful miracles, and he was a mighty teacher in the eyes of God and all the people. But our leading priests <coughs> and other religious leaders handed him over to be condemned to death, and they crucified him. We had hoped he was the Messiah who had come to rescue Israel. This all happened three days ago. Awesome. Thank you. All right, so picking up in verse 22. Mark, thank you. Then some women from our group of his followers were at the tomb early this morning, and they came back with an amazing report. They said his body was missing, and they had seen angels who told them Jesus is alive. Some of our men ran out to see, and sure enough, his body was gone just as the women had said. Then Jesus said to them, You foolish people, you find it so hard to believe all that the prophets wrote in the scriptures. Wasn't it clearly predicted that the Messiah would have to suffer all these things before entering his glory? Then Jesus took them through the writings of Moses and all the prophets, explaining from all the scriptures the things concerning himself. By this time they were nearing Emmaus and the end of their journey. Jesus acted as if he were going on, but they begged him, Stay the night with us since it's getting late. So he went home with them. As they sat down to eat, he took the bread and blessed it. Then he broke it and gave it to them. Suddenly their eyes were opened and they recognized him. And at that moment he disappeared. Awesome. They Mark, said Mark, to, Mark, I'm going to stop you there so we can okay. get a, a thank you so much, a reader from the, the right-hand side there, from, starting in verse 32. NLT. Thank you. Awesome. Yes. They said to each other, didn't our hearts burn within us as, we, as he talked with us on the road and explained the scriptures to us? And within the hour, they were on their way back to Jerusalem. There they found the 11 disciples and the others who had gathered with them, who said, the Lord has really risen. He appeared to Peter. In verse 35. Then the two from Emmaus told their story of how Jesus had appeared to them as they were walking along the road and how they had recognized him as he was breaking the bread. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you, readers. Okay, so um, just in your loudest voice, what sticks out to you? This is an incredible passage, you know, um, and I love this because, like, I, I, you know, obviously we focus a lot on Easter Sunday morning, as we should, the resurrection. But this, this amazing story is captured uh, on Easter afternoon as this couple was walking back home. And I wonder, as you heard it read or as you were following along in your scriptures, what sticks out to you? It could just be, hey, this is the passage that sticks out to me or this is the, uh, you know, the thought that popped in my mind or my heart 
um, as I heard this passage read. And just, just speak it out loud. We can, we can hear each other here, I think. We don't recognize Beth. We don't recognize Jesus. He's right there with us. I, don't you love Jesus going, what happened today? I mean, I, I don't know. Is, did something happen today? Are you the only person in the world that doesn't know about this? No, tell me more. Okay, what, what else? When they broke bread, which, which, what does that remind us of? Communion, the, the Lord's table. And those same words um, in the feeding of the 5,000 uh, in Matthew 14, he, he, he blessed it, he broke it, he gave it. Which, you know, this is a wonderful picture, by the way, of what God does with us. In Christ, he blesses us. He always breaks us of our pride and our, of our, of our um, you know, flesh. And then he gives us away. Um, to other people in ministry. Great observation. What else? Uh, the response of the couple uh, once they recognized Jesus is like quick within the hour. They returned to Jerusalem to share what they've experienced. Yes, and we read through verse 35 because the story doesn't end with them just going, oh, that's so awesome. Let's, well, let's get, but it's getting late. We got to get back home. They, they hightail it back to Jerusalem and they can't wait to tell uh, everybody else, Jesus is risen. Awesome. Yes. What stands out to me is Jesus revealing his identity starts by telling them and reinforcing what they already have studied probably in their youth, the yeah. prophets. Yes. You know, Thank it, it starts there. Awesome, Jeff. That's where he started. Yeah. Yes. And so um, let's draw our attention back to verse 25, 27. Um, where he says, you know, you foolish people, um, you know, you've learned these things, you've believed this, and where, and where did they learn these things? And this, this goes right into our one redemptive story and, and why, you know, the Hebrew Testament, the New Testament, all 66 books are telling one narrative of Jesus. He, he says, back in the prophets, and then look at verse 27. Gee, this is, I mean, the greatest Bible lesson of all time. Jesus took them through the writings of Moses and the prophets and all the things concerning himself that the scriptures captured. Whoa. In other words, Jesus is on every page of the Bible. You know, our study of the Hebrew Testament, our understanding of these 39 books and the major movements and all of it is pointing to one story, pointing to Christ. And, and Jesus himself models for us by taking them back. The New Testament wasn't in existence. He takes them back to the Old Testament and points them to himself through the Hebrew Testament. All right, what, what else? Yes, Oh, sorry, Ed. As that happens, did our hearts not burn God, yeah. within us? Did our hearts not burn? Isn't that great? Did our hearts not burn within us as he revealed himself through the scriptures? So good. Yes. So good. Yes. And, and, and part of that, if you couldn't hear, is like, you know, they welcome Jesus into their home. And I do think a hospitable heart and mind when we, when we come to the scriptures is very important. Um, that we're inviting Jesus to dwell in our hearts and our minds, that we have an open door to receive what he has to give. They could have just said, this is the only you know, guy in all of Jerusalem who doesn't understand what happened. Like, we got to get home. We have things to do. Um, but they open their home and, and a miracle happens. Awesome. Yeah, um, I wanted us to start here in this story and kind of on this dusty road together. Um, because in my mind, this story in Luke 24 and the road to Emmaus and as Ed shared with us, this observation of 
as we study the scriptures, as we, as we dive in together over the next eight months and we journey through all these incredible narratives and stories, um, that our hearts would burn within us as we see Jesus on every page of the Bible. And we come to understand that, yes, there's a lot of uh, sub-narratives and stories in the Bible, but they're all leading to one narrative, to, to, to one story. And this idea that Jesus wanted to, before the creation of the world, wanted to adopt us into his family. And it gave him great joy to do so. He wanted to do that. That was his plan all along. That if you look around your table right now, um, every person at your table around this room was a part of God's plan. He wanted to adopt them into his family, that he had you in mind throughout the scriptures, throughout the narrative of the Bible. Everything we're gonna study in these 39 books of the Hebrew Testament are all leading to God redeeming people around the table that you're sitting with tonight. And the last thing I wanna share before we get to our activity, and this was really helpful for me in understanding the scriptures and the overview of the scriptures and the, the one story narrative um, is this idea of, this is, this is kind of a, a theological word, it's an important word, but, but imputation. Anyone heard of that word before? Um, it, another way to say it is imparting. And so there's three major imputations in the Bible um, that, that are really important to understand the one narrative all throughout the scriptures. So maybe, can you think of the first one? Okay, think, think about uh, transferring, like in, in, imputing is to put something on someone else. All right, so it doesn't take long, probably all of you are thinking about in creation narrative in Genesis 3, that Adam imputed his sin, right? It was imparted to all of humanity. And this is known as federal headship. So, and you go, well, that's not fair, right? And this is what we tell our kids, that the fair is where you get cotton candy. And they love that. Um, and that fairness died in the Garden of Eden. Um, that through Adam and Eve's decision to take of the fruit, that, he, that, that sin, brokenness entered into humanity. And so as we teach here, it's by our condition. We don't believe that anyone is born righteous before God. We're broken before God. And by our choice, by our volition, we're broken before God. So we have a condition of brokenness and sin, and we fully participate in the rebellion against God. And that was imputed from Adam to all of humanity. All right, let's think about the second imputation. This is very important to think about the redemptive understanding all throughout the Bible. What's the second one can you, th can you think of? There's three. I'll give you a hint. Um, it, ha it happened, uh, you know, right on Passover weekend. Go ahead. Our, our sins imputed to Jesus. Perfect, yes. So on the cross, the next movement was, so Adam's and Eve's sin imputed to humanity. The next imputation is from uh, humanity back to Jesus, who Paul calls the second Adam, the, 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 the perfect man the man without blemish, as we study in our scriptures tonight, the, 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 the lamb of God that takes away the, the sin of the world, right? As, as John the Baptist called him. And so the second imputation was from humanity back onto Jesus. And this is why Jesus on the cross says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Because all of humanity in that moment, past, present, and future was being imputed to Jesus. And he was carrying that for us, right? All right, so let's think about the third imputation and the redemptive narrative, the one story. Okay, Neil, you've got it. Yes, okay. So um, 2 Corinthians 5.21, which um, you know, Martin Luther called 
Paul's Magna Carta. Um, he who knew no sin, Jesus, became sin. It was imputed upon him, all of humanity, so that we, here's the third imputation, so that we, humanity, might become the righteousness of God. All right, so if you just, you know, if you think about these three movements in the redemptive story, uh, Adam and Eve, their sin imputed to all of humanity, brokenness enters into the world. Uh, Jesus takes that, right, and puts it on himself on the cross, right? And then the third imputation is Jesus taking his righteousness and placing it upon all of those who would believe in him. Isn't that amazing? That now we're, we, we are righteous before God, not because of our works. If you're in the Judges series, we're not on the, we're not on the friendzoid anymore going round and round and round thinking, how are we going to get off of this? Jesus came to get us off the ride. And that's the story of redemption. And that theme is carried from the opening page of the Bible all the way to the closing pages of the Bible. And we'll talk a little bit more in the next session about that timeline specifically and how we see time and the two major ways in world history that we see time. Um, but before we do that, we're going to do an activity. And can anyone tell me the time? I don't have a watch on. Oh, boy. Okay. Um, we could... Okay, um, this is bad. Everyone knows this is bad when I don't have a clock. It's bad enough when I have a clock in the back of the room. It's really bad when I don't have a clock. So here's what we're going to do. All right, um, I really want to do like, um, you know, just a, an activity that will cement the acronym in your mind. So you've, you, you've seen that, you know, we went over the acronym last week, casket empty. So um, creation, Abraham, Sinai, kings, exile, temple, Right? Those are our, our six movements in the Old Testament. And so here's what I want you to do at your table. Um, I want you to take the icons that go with it. So this is in your study guide. So help me out here. Uh, creation is the two trees. Uh, Abraham are the two tablets, uh, the Ten Commandments. Uh, I'm sorry, the gift. Okay, so you guys can look at your table because I don't have it in front of me. Um, but here's what I want you to do. Here's what we're going to do. You've got a packet on your table. And so you can use anything in there, but I want you to communicate the six signs or icons that go with the acronym, but you got to do it without using words, okay? So I'm going to pick a table in, in probably six or seven minutes, and I'm going to have you tell us the six different movements and the icons that go with it, but you can't use words. So you can use Play-Doh, Legos that are in there. You can do... Um, uh, What's the uh, charades? You can do charades if you want to just all, you know, do YMCA and do that style. But you got to come up as a table with a way to get each of the six letters and the icons without, without using words. Everybody got it? All right, I'm going to put a timer, and then when it's done, I'm going to pick a table. All right, guys. Um, all right, so Jen, Jen brought me some pencils from her classroom and each of them has a number on them. There's 16 pencils, 16 tables. All right, you ready? I can't read that. Six. Table six. <laughs> You're the next contestant. Our new car. All right. Can you guys um, just, just stand and show us what you've come up with? Maybe a representative. All right. Hey, hopefully we won't have to guess, but. 
uh, yes, that was a tree. And there's a snake in it. But it, it just fell out, so it's going to cause some trouble. Look out, Adam and Eve. He's coming for you. Um, I'll show this. Any guesses? What? Exile, yes. Yes, bird of prey, exile. Good job. Um, th this one? Okay. <laughs> this one? A gift? A gift, yep, yep. What's the gift for? Yay, good job. Um, okay. Yeah, yeah, king. King, throne, lazy boy. Yes, king of pasta. Oh, what is this? That's <laughs> not good. <laughs> yes, it's the temple. It's the temple. It's the temple. Oh, tablets, tablets, yes. Did we get them all? Okay. All right, so someone at every table just um, grab their phone and take a picture of what you guys did so we can, we can uh, keep it as an artifact of our, our, our Ruin Redemptive story lesson. Um, and please, hey, table leaders, if you get a picture, can you just email it to Tammy or to Sarah so we, so we have that? Um, okay, we're going to keep going, guys, uh, just because we have one more, um, one more thing to cover tonight because what we want to do is take the acronym. So part of what... Um, Dr. Kaminsky did in her, in her work is to give us this um, incredible overview of the scriptures and a way to remember it through an acronym. So think about casket, again, uh, creation, Abraham, Sinai, kings, exile, and temple. And hopefully as you're, you're walking around this week, um, you know, you're driving to work or you're just maybe just keep writing the acronym out and just continue to cement that in your head and your heart as a way to understand the movement um, of the Old Testament. And again, driving towards one redemptive story. We're going to do one more activity. Um, but before we do, I did want to do, just do a brief teaching about understanding of time because, you know, just even um, cataloging and chronicling time um, is something that um, points us back to even our understanding of Christ and even the way we, if you, if you think about it, Constantine put this into motion, even the way that we, um, you know, document time references Christ. Um, so before Christ, B.C., now you have before common error that secularists have changed and common error. Uh, but before that, um, it was actually cataloged by, a, um, I think, a 7th century monk uh, that put the way we chronicle time into place. And before Christ, and then um, help me with the Latin phrase, it's... Uh, yeah, so it's not after death, it's the year of our Lord um, as, we, as we capture. So even the way we capture time points us to one redemptive story. But what's even more interesting is, um, so there's two, if, if you study world religion, which I know uh, many of you have um, at any level, basically, I don't love this phrase, but there's basically two mother religions. Um, there's Hinduism, um, which is kind of the, the mother of all Eastern religions. So Hinduism uh, comes Taoism, Shintoism, uh, uh, Buddhism, all of that uh, comes out of Hinduism. And the idea with Hinduism is that time is what? Do you, do you, do you remember? It's, it's cyclical. Um, so 
it basically time repeats itself. And even that phrase, you know, history repeats itself is something in, you know, colloquialism of ours. It, it actually comes from that idea of thinking, um, that history actually is just repeating itself over and over and over again. And the idea uh, specifically with Hinduism is that you become self-actualized and the best version of yourself. And the reward for all of that is that you go to a place called, do you remember? It was, it was a popular band too, Nirvana. And Nirvana is the state of nothingness. So you basically are absorbed into matter um, and nothingness is your reward for achieving, um, you know, a state of self-content and peace. Um, that, that, and so all of it flows out of that. And this is what's even more interesting is that the Greeks in the first century, guess who they were influenced by? Hinduism, Eastern religion. So when Paul starts preaching the gospel and the resurrection, they're trying to understand, like, do you mean reincarnation? Like you're, you're coming back as a different version and trying to, to get it right this time and, and, until you can achieve that. And so Paul was actually battling against this understanding of, you know, um, a, a circular way of thinking about time, a cyclical view of time. And it's actually through, so I said there are two kind of mother religions. And the, the second is Judaism, Right, which we're uh, all the way back to the Hebrew Testament and what we're studying through our, our, our first acronym, Hymn of Casket, all the way back to 2100, under, understanding that creation, of course, is unknown, but all the way back to Abraham, we start cataloging time. And it's actually through the Hebrew Testament that we get most of our major historical markers. Even um, secular historians use the scriptures to mark history. So it's kind of cool as you think about your, if you have, I can't get out from here, but anyone have their timeline? that you can, you can pull out? Does every table have it? I mean, guys, Sarah's got one. She's going to hold it up here. Betsy's got hers. Um, this is an incredible tool. Like, um, as you're studying the scriptures or wherever you sit and study, if you just want to, obviously, you want to bring it to class, but put it someplace where you can see it so you can look at history. And what do you notice about our timeline? Like, even thinking about the two major world religions in terms of just the mother religions where everything comes out of, because out of Judaism, you think about it, Christianity comes out of Judaism. What else comes out of Judaism? Islam. Uh, Islam in the seventh century, you know, Muhammad has a vision, and he, what is he trying to do if you study Islam? Is to go back to Abraham's faith and a purist, in, in his mind, a pure understanding of, of the faith of Abraham. But their understanding of time and how they capture time in, in, in a, um, in a historical vantage point is linear, um, that there's a start and there's, there's a finish. And so I wanted to, to just share that. So as we even think about a timeline and putting specific dates, it actually points to the understanding of our faith in the Hebrew Testament and the idea that not only are the scriptures cataloging these incredible narratives for us in the redemptive story, but they're also marking time. And the scripture is full of great history um, we have great historians that were a part of the scriptural narrative. So uh, Samuel was a great historian. First uh, Chronicles 29, 29, 29, or 29, 29 says that he kept a, an orderly account of all the things um, that happened in the kingdom. Uh, Luke was a first-rate historian uh, that captures in his gospel in the, in the book of Acts all the, all the beginnings of uh, the work of the church and, of course, um, uh, the ministry of Jesus. So here's what I want you to do. Uh, the last activity... I'm not going to make you do charades or anything, but I want you, you have, you have some note cards in your packet there, and you may have used a few of them, but you should have enough to just write our acronym, because we just want to cement this, um, C-A-S-K-E-T, casket, um, that's the overview of the Old Testament, and then here's what I want you to do, 
uh, just put a, you know, a C on one page, an A on the next, uh, you know, you get what I'm saying, a letter for each page, and spread it out on your table. And then I want you to use the noodles or the beans um, and just kind of some kinesthetic learning here. Um, just put the opening date of that on each letter. So with creation, we're going to put a U because it's unknown. With Abraham, we're going to put what? 2100 BC. Um, you know, with Sinai, we're going we're, we're gonna, to um, put, what was it, 14, 15? Okay, so here's what I want you to do. So, so take your note card, put a letter on each one, spread it out, casket, and then take, take either the little beads or the noodles or both. You can be creative and just put the number. You don't have to put both of them. You're just going to put the opening number for each one under the letter, and then I want you to take a picture of it. All right, go, go ahead and uh, get to that. These are so amazing. I am so impressed. Look at this temple. It's falling apart as I look at that temple. That's amazing. Okay. So take a quick picture and you can either text it to me or email it to me. And now we are going to finish up with our personal takeaway. So how many times have you guys been in a class or gone to some kind of a teaching, and you never look back at your notes. You think you're going to look back at your notes, but you never really look back at your notes. Does anybody else do that? So every week, we're going we're gonna to have a little space at the end of class um, where we play a little music, and you just kind of sit with the Lord and decide what is it that he really impressed upon your heart this week? Could be something from the teaching tonight. Could be something that you um, discussed during your discussion time. Could be something during your pre-work that you experienced. But we want to give you enough time just to think about what is the thing that God has shown you this week. And then, and of course, your notebook, your New City Academy notebook has a personal takeaway page. You might, you might write a letter to God. You might just put, make it a bullet point list, just however you want to do that. And then at the end of our class, of course, you're going to be able to go back and you're going to be able to see what it was that the Lord uh, showed you, how he spoke to your heart. So I'm going to give you about, I have this temple in my hand, so I'm struggling to look at what time it is. 8.11? I'm going to give you three minutes. I'm sorry. Next time we'll give you more time. Give you three minutes to, to write down your personal takeaway. Of course, you can continue that at home if you feel like you want to have a little more reflection time. But just a couple of announcements as we leave. Facilitators, don't forget to take attendance. And if you didn't do it for last week, do your attendance for last week and this week. And if it's something you're still not sure how to do, um, let us know and we will walk you through that and help you do that. Um, if you'll put all of your, make sure you take a picture. And then you, of course, can discard these beautiful projects after you take the picture. Um, and then, I know, if you want to take it home and put it on your coffee table, you're certainly welcome. Um, put all the mat other materials back into your supply uh, bag. Hey, we sent out a, a sign-up genius for help with setup and cleanup. If any of you can, can sign up to help with the food setup and cleanup each week, make sure to sign up on Sign Up Genius. Basically, what we need to do tonight...
is put all the stuff back into the zippered pouches and we need to tie up the trash and all of the trash cans. And then if you ordered food, we have some food left. So please stop by East Lobby and pack some food to go because the goal is that we have no food left in there by the time everyone leaves. And next week is week two. It's God's good creation. It's, it's week two. You can find all of that information in this flyer. And lastly, Teachable is almost ready. More information to come on that. It is almost ready to launch. And have a, have a wonderful night. Have a wonderful rest of your week.